Welcome, everybody. We are back at it with another special guest. I'm telling you, we come with the guests this time, man. We come up with the guests this year, and uh, we have another special guest joining us, man. He is a uh, former, uh, used to be Oakland. He was, it was Oakland when he, uh, when he was drafted. Now they're the Las Vegas Raiders. And he was also a uh, Houston Texan in 2019. Wait, you forgot, wait, 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 wait. You forgot the most important part, man. He came from the greatest college of all time, man. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, man? That, you should have led off with that first. That's right. He came from, but he came from Ohio. Man. He came from Ohio last evening. I caught a plane out to Cleveland late last evening. The Ohio yeah. State University, man. The Ohio State, man. He's a Buckeye. And he uh, joins us today. Uh, very proud to have the great uh, Garyon Conley joining us on the podcast. Man. What's up, bro? Appreciate you having me on, man. <laughs> go crazy with the horn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, 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 we go crazy with the droughts, man. We go crazy with the droughts, man. So, uh, shoot, how you doing, man? It's been a while since we've seen you. I know you was in there Houston for a minute, but uh, it's been a minute since we heard from you, man. So, how you, how you been? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, been rehabbing shoot for the past two and a half damn near three years since the last game i played with the texans honestly uh but i've been good just can't complain i'm rehabbing living my life blessed family good man okay okay um i know you're kind of in houston for a kind of a short time but uh, what, what was what was your impression of Houston when you came down here, man? I know uh, Biggie is our fellow dude from Cleveland who moved yeah. to Houston. And he ain't never go back. So, uh, <laughs> what, what was your impression of Houston when you were here and the the team and the franchise and all that, man? 
the uh well shit the city itself i love houston uh that's why i'm still here right now uh shit i'm from ohio too i ain't going back <laughs> i always rep it but i ain't gonna live there ain't no, no reason but uh i feel like when i was there it's it's uh i came in middle of the season so i never really got the full full i've seen stuff and of course i'm observant but i never got the full program mentality culture and all that uh because i wasn't there from the start and it was it was like at the point of its peak honestly of when i was there and like i wasn't there for when it was building up i just got there right when it was at its peak but then i got the fall off as well so i was kind of in the middle and uh when i came in i i feel like i had uh i had a good experience as far as me but i feel like everybody had different experiences um like i said people were there longer than me and built relationships that were good or bad with coaches and players so i feel like uh as far as me in general though i feel like i had a good experience while i was there and i was treated very well and uh uh there was a couple experiences that were just a little weird and off but i feel like overall i was good now you know I got a press on that. You mean like with the team or with the coaching staff or with the city people in the city itself or what do you? No, nah, nah, nothing with the city. Like I said, okay. I love the city, bro. Like I, I got a crib down here for a reason. I love Houston. Uh, nah, it was. Uh, I feel like uh, coaching. Uh, it was just a little weird with shit. Even how other players were treated. You know how like somebody treats somebody, it it, it rubs on you on different ways, even if they're not treating you like that. Like, uh, I feel like a lot of people didn't like Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, I had no problem with Bill, uh, but I didn't agree with the way he handled certain things with certain players, you know what I'm saying, like that. But, like, it ain't my business, you know what I'm saying? But, and then, of course, everybody knows Jack, so I feel like that's one story that everybody felt the same way about him. But... He just, he just is a little extra, bro. Like, he was one of those dudes that just extra, try to be in your face, try to be buddy-buddy when he really ain't that. And it's like, you don't even got to do that. Like, you know what I'm saying? We all know his business. We all grow, man. You don't got to try to be my best friend or tell me this or act like you 100% Gary on Conley team and all that <laughs> extra shit. Like, he was just one of those dudes that did that and wasn't that. You know what I'm saying? So Did he, not, tr did he try to... Did he try to make y'all pray? Like in the hallway? Oh, yeah. Everything? What? Oh, no. <laughs> no, he didn't try to make us pray. But, I mean, he was just, you know, trying to force that little chaplain mentality on people. Uh, like, he would give the pre the pregame speeches sometimes. And we just, I mean, I don't know how some people felt. You know, some people acting like, oh, they hype. And I'm looking at every time he gave pregame speech, I'm like, why the fuck he giving that it's, speech? <laughs> it's funny because uh, rec recently, I want to say it was when Charles who was here. And yeah. I was at, the, I think it was his last training camp and uh -huh. uh, with the Texans. And uh, he walked past, he like high five, high, he was high fiving people in the stretch line and all that shit. Yeah, just and hype as shit. Yeah. And Charles just kind of rolled his eyes a little bit. I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> yeah, bro. It's just like, I don't know. Like I said, I got there in the middle. So I'm like, I didn't even really find out till like a couple games in because he giving the speeches. I'm thinking like he had, like important, you know what I'm saying? Even though I still think his speech is corny, but you know what I'm saying? If he go up there, he in front of the team after games, halftime or before games, whatever, I'm like, he must be 
this, that, whatever. And then I found out, like, yeah, he ain't even, like, what is his job title? Like, shit like that. I was just like, what the hell? They told me, like, where he came from, where he was the chaplain. So it was just, like, a lot going on as far as that aspect. Uh, like I said, I don't even be trying to read too much into it. I go in and do what I got to do. But once you involve me, then, like I said, when you're trying to be all extra buddy-buddy and all this shit, and then come to find out you just really ain't that, you fake. Like, it was just... That was really like the only that and then our DB coach at the time. It was just it was some wild shit with him. Uh, <laughs> like I said again, like again, like me and him never had a problem really. Like we maybe had like a debate on like how we see shit or whatever. Every coach and player has that though. But like me and him never really had a problem. But I didn't agree with the way he treated other players. You know what I'm saying? Like they even said when I got there that. uh he wasn't on the sideline no more um, because he got to a player on the field. Like, they was just arguing so much that it was just bad for the team. Wow. So they ended up putting him in the box for the rest of the season. Because when I got there, obviously, he was already in the box. Damn. But then I heard that he was in the box because of the happened. So I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Like, And then the way he was in the meetings, like, <laughs> like for instance, like Lonnie, like, cause, you know, he's a rookie. Or any of the, like, rookies that was in there because we had, like, three, I think. He just would, like, coach them. You know you coach rookies harder, but he would coach them as, like, I wouldn't even say it was coaching. It's just, like, he attacked them, like, Dang. trying to dog them and, like, make them look stupid. Like, and we just, all the older dudes in there just didn't agree with the way he did that shit. Like, so other than that, though, I feel like I never really had no problems with the team or nothing like that. Yeah, as people, um, as a fan and people who covered the team, like me and Figgy, like that was such a weird time. Yeah, like, that 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 Bill O'Brien, Jack Eastby era was just very yeah. strange to cover, and it was like it felt like a fever dream, man. It's like, yeah. is this really happening? Is this really actually football here? Man, but uh, we had a good ass team too. That's yeah, crazy. that's 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 the yeah. that twenty nineteen team. Yeah. yeah, it was fucking like, up twenty four nothing on Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> come <man>. on, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was that was tough. And then that after that, I mean, it was already tough. But that yeah. following year, you think like, all right, we about to run it back. It about to be, we about to add some people. Yeah, that's when I really yeah, started Hawkins seeing like, trade. oh yeah, it's going down. Like, at oh this point. man, that was that was the downfall right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that you were rehabbing and you had an injury, man. So what exactly was your injury? And um, like, how have, you, how have you been recovering from that? Yeah. Uh, so everybody seen my injury from the Raiders and it was labeled as shin splints. Um, but I had a fractured tibia and I ended up getting a rod in my leg. Why did I get a rod in my leg to heal a fractured tibia? Dumbass, just thinking I'm going to listen to NFL teams and the doctors and understand, not understanding, like I should let it heal on its own. Cause it's not a break. It's a fracture. Um, but end up getting a surgery to come back quicker. First round draft pick, young guy. Don't got nobody ever to tell me anything about surgeries or anything in the NFL or from where I come from. So I don't really have a role model in that aspect or a mentor to teach me or anything about that. So, of course, me being that pressured first-round draft pick, pressured by the team, but also wanting to play, you know, I don't want to miss time. I'm going to get the surgery. So I got the surgery. And then after that, I just started having complications with my leg. Like, just every 
time I run, jump, cut, I get this like knot feeling in my, it's like lower right calf, right side of my calf. And it would throb like a toothache, but it wasn't as bad. It, this would be 2018 after I got the rod. It wasn't as bad. And they kept saying it was like a, a basically like a calf strain or like a calf, bruised calf, whatever, at the Raiders. So I'm not thinking none of it. I'm just playing through it, playing through it. And then it just keeps getting worse by like the, the month or the year. And 2019, I remember, started taking Toradol just to play in the games. I've never taken Toradol before. Like, literally started taking Toradol just to play in the games because I was paying, missing practices to get to the games. Like, I rest and not practice so I could play in the game. And then I remember when I got traded to Houston, it was just getting worse and worse and worse. And I remember I started taking Toradol even to practice, to get through practice. And I'm just like, man, like, I got to figure this shit out, but I don't want to try to figure it out during the season. Mind you, we I got traded to Houston. And I started having really good career or really good games, and we're going far in my first playoffs. So I'm like, I'm going to just wait till after the season, get it done. So we end up losing or whatever to the Chiefs, and I'm like, I got to figure this shit out because this shit is, like, awful, especially, like, after games. Like, I couldn't even walk. So I'm like, I got to figure it out. Houston Texans doctors uh, telling me, uh, yeah, we think it's coming from the screws in your leg because it had two screws to hold the rod in. So I got the screws out, both screws, one in my ankle, one under my knee. Didn't help at all. Um, then they said it was compartment syndrome. Uh, so I got fasciotomies, which they cut the fascia out of your leg to free up your muscles and your nerves or whatever. There's four compartments in your leg. I got all four compartments cut up. Didn't work. Didn't help. Nerve decompression. They said it was uh, my peroneal nerve and got that, like, decompressed, didn't help. Got an ankle scope, didn't help. And then my last surgery, which was last April, was my lateral sorrow nerve. I got that decompressed. And the doctor said that that nerve was uh, slightly damaged. So I got that, like, I think he, like, cut part of it or something. I don't know exactly what he did, but that was, like, the last. Sur oh, I got my piriformis release as well off my sciatic nerve so that helped a little bit and then the last one i had last year helped a little bit um but i still have that same pain when i run but i've been rehabbing with exos uh basically like more holistic approach no more surgeries just doing everything holistically and it's been helping but i still have that pain if i run like three days in a row but i couldn't run one day so the fact that i'm at three days four days it will hurt after that, but like I'm, I'm glad that I progressed to that. But honestly, I still, to this day, don't have a hundred percent answer what my injury is. I know it's partially nerve, but it could have been partially muscle tissue damage. I know I had atrophy in my calf. Uh, when I first got the exos, they were like, "Bro, like you, you don't even have a calf. Like it's just not even, it's not even there. Like it don't look like it's firing when you do a calf raise. Like they can't even see my calf. So it was that, but." Like I said, I've been rehabbing and I'm I'm able to run now. And that was really my goal. Obviously, my goal is to get back in the league. But my goal was honestly to try to get to the league, but to be able to run and be able to move around so I can play with my kids. Because, like, I would even be playing with my son and I had a little Fisher Price hoop over here, like, five minutes and I got to sit down because my leg throbbing. Like, can't even run up the stairs. Like, you know how you just run up the stairs quick as you don't want to walk up. I run up the stairs, my legs start throbbing. Like, just shit like that. So the fact that I can do that now, like I'm at peace. And then of course I'm gonna just keep going because I wanna get back in the league this year. Uh so that's really where I'm at right now. But yeah, that's 
kind of the answer to my injury with my injuries. So your story kind of reminds me because we this kind of reminds me of what happened with Terod Taylor a little bit, who also played in Houston with mm-hmm. the NFL doctors who were kind of, I don't know, messing stuff up, it seems like. So yeah. what, what do you attribute that to, man? Do you think it's just yeah. the partnership with the uh, league and the doctors or is it just bad doctors or what, what, what think, do you think that is? I think there's give and take for different scenarios. I think a majority of doctors in the NFL trying to make money um, and surgeries is what makes money for doctors. Uh, And not even necessarily saying that the surgery won't help, but sometimes it's people that don't need surgery to do it. So think about it like if I got surgery on my leg, I got a rod in my leg, which it could have helped and which honestly I think it did help my fracture, but it caused other problems. So I got a rod through my knee two screws, a screw under my knee, one in my ankle. My knee and my ankle were perfectly fine. It was just my rod, but you got to cut all these other places to get to that. So I feel like as far as just telling people they need surgery, they need surgery, I feel like sometimes it fixes problems, but sometimes it makes other things worse because you're cutting on stuff that's perfectly fine. And I feel like doctors don't even take the time to think about that. They just want to do surgery so they can get paid or whatever. Or so they can just fix the problem quick. Like I said, the Raiders want me to get the rod because it's going to help me come back quicker. But didn't think about, oh, I could be cutting through a nerve or cutting through this or causing nerve damage to him two years later, or a year later, whatever. So I feel like in that aspect, it's just doctors don't really take the time to think about that. And then I feel like NFL trainers really, uh, it just depends on what organization. Because I hear some organizations are good, but the organizations I've been at, the NFL trainers are ran by the coaches. So they listen to whatever the coach, they tell coach like, yo, do you want us to clear him? Do you want us to do this? You want us like, do you want us to keep him out? Do you want us like shit like that? They're basically scared to lose their job type shit. So I feel like that's what goes on. So I feel like it's just, there's no, there's no balance of like when to do surgery, when to not. If the doctor is good, if the doctor is not, I think it just depends on the organization. But my experience is they're they're just shit, but that's that's, that's really <laughs> man that, that's really crazy because like yeah. on the outside looking in, I'm like, I I used to I used to get frustrated because whenever players be like, no, I want a second opinion or no, I want my own. Yeah. I'm like, man, yeah. why this dude being a diva like these? Right, NFL exactly. That's what good. you would think. <laughs> yeah, but this is actually crazy, man. Yeah, man. What's crazy is for my situation. So I got a second opinion. And then, uh, but like the doctors knew the Raiders trainer. So it's just like, he actually did the surgery on the Raiders trainer before. So it's like, he probably told him like, yo, tell him he need to get this rod. Not saying that's a hundred percent what happened, but just to think about it, like, yeah, I got a second opinion, but you know this dude, you probably was telling him what to say to me. Yeah. They all in bed together. So like after that, I definitely like when I got to the Texans, even though, I still end up getting no surgery. I always got like other opinions from outside doctors. But um, but then it's just like also as a player, like you think you going to the, the league. So you think it's like this the best doctor, this the best coach, this the best trainer. Like, of course, I'm going to listen to him, especially a young dude coming in. You don't even know shit for real. And then you hear people like say, get a second opinion. All right. You get a second opinion. They say, oh, we agree. Then you just get it. And it's just like, what if it wasn't the right thing, even though it was the second thing? Like I said, he knew this doctor, he knew him. So and it's just like 
you want to play. So you may even just get the surgery just because you want to play quicker. But not even knowing, like, that shit really going to fuck you up. So I feel like it's it's lack of information. It's lack of clarity and uh, lack of just caring. Like, I feel like as a trainer, like, you shouldn't even, like, in college, I know, I don't know if it's at every college, but I know when I was at Ohio State, like, the, the trainers don't have to answer to Coach Meyer, to the coach, whoever the coach is at the time. Like, they don't got to answer them. So they're not scared to tell them, like, no, he needs to sit out. No, he needs to do that. I feel like in the league, it ain't like that because the head coaches got more jurisdiction or power over the trainers or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like a general healthcare problem in general. Like, yeah. people, doc, a lot of doctors, not all of them, but a lot of doctors want to go for, like, the easiest solution so it's like surgery yeah. or get you on pills or whatever oh yeah there's other there's other methods of healing but you know they they want the fastest solution especially when you're in sports you know because they want right. to get you back on the field immediately right so it's always going to be surgery and all that so yeah. yeah it sucks to hear that happen to you man hopefully uh everything gets rehabbed when we see you back on the field one day but yeah, yeah. i don't think people really realize that you know after the injury, like you, that's a lifetime of pain you might have to deal with. So hell yeah, bro, that's <laughs> crazy, crazy as yeah, hell. Do, do you think you like? Uh, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful with anything, but do you personally think you could get back to the old you being on the field? Because I know you mentioned, you know, you wanted to play with your kids and run around with your kids, and I think yeah. that alone is a blessing that you could walk yeah. around and run without being in pain playing with your family, but. Do you yeah. think you could actually get back to the league, get back to a high level of playing? Yeah, I feel like I can, and I feel like I will. Um, I'm actually at the point in my rehab, they just told me. I had a, like a little a groin hiccup. It was probably like a little minor strain groin uh, last week, and then got better this week. Um, they told me at Exos that I'm going to be moving with the performance group. So basically like the free agents right now, and whoever's there, the NFL players, they train there uh, Monday through Friday, I think, or Monday through Thursday, one of the two. When I'm in there doing rehab, uh, but basically I'm going to move to that group with them. They'd be doing like just basic like training, everything to get back in the league or to stay ready to go if they get a call or whatever. They said I would have moved this week, but I had the lower groin, so they wanted to make sure. So I'm actually moving up to the performance group next week. So I'm basically done with rehab. But I'm still going to go in before and do like my minor rehab stuff to get ready for the workout. But then this is going to be my first week actually working out. But I've been doing like minor DB drills. I've been doing like open hip runs and all that stuff. I haven't covered nobody. So I know that's going to take uh, a lot of reps and time to get back to. But I still got like my reaction, my speed and all that. So I just got to honestly, I'm at the point where I just need to obviously get reps of going against people, but I'm at the point where I just got to handle the the volume of having like four days in a row and then being able to go that fifth day or three days in a row going that fourth day because I can go three, four days, but then my leg is just killing. So it's just like, how do I go through a whole training camp? Because this is fucking five days in a row and you get one recovery day. So I'm basically building up to get that and then obviously get in shape and then I'm going to be good. But I never doubt my ability to do any of that shit because I still watch and I'll be watching film and all that. And I know I can still play in the league. And I even tell people, like, I'll take any opportunity. Any team give me opportunity, I will. But I don't have no pride in going.
going to XFL or USFL because, like I said, I'm confident in who I am and I know I can play. That's just reps for me to get and film for me to get. And I'll do a year in that if I have to. But I feel like I'm ready for the league uh, whenever I get my chance, for sure. Yeah, man, we need you on the rough next, at least. Keep you in yeah. Houston, dog. So <laughs> I'll be down with that. I'll be down with yeah. that. Um, so you were drafted to the Raiders, man. So we got to ask some Raiders questions because there have been a lot of uh, Raiders news lately, yeah. um, especially with uh, Tom Brady getting the um, the the minority ownership stake in the team in Las Vegas now. Um, yeah. There's been rumors about if he's going to play again or not, and he's come out and said he's retired for sure. But, I mean, he said that before, to be fair. Uh, do you think that, He's he's not going to play in in Oakland. He's actually done playing football. I think he's done, but I mean that's just me. But I feel like once you take that step and like taking ownership, you're trying to buy into a team and do that. I think he, I feel like he's moving on to the next chapter. He's trying to like set up plans to just make his money, make money, and do all that. So I feel like he's done. But like you said, he said it before, so you never really know. Yeah. Um, they also moved on from Derek Carr, which was kind of uh, controversial for some people. Like, what, yeah. what was your experience with him? Like, how did you feel about Derek Carr yeah. and that, that Raiders team that you were on, man? Yeah, it's crazy. I was just talking to my cousin about this uh, today, but I, I I love D.C. I was actually surprised that they moved on from him, but uh, I love D.C., bro. Like, he, he was definitely a leader uh, of the offense and the team in general. Uh, I wasn't there when they had their little run uh, before I got there. It was like the year before I got there. But I feel like as far as like deliverance and uh, as a person, as a man, as a father, he was a great father or is a great father. Um, I feel like he's a good quarterback as well. Uh, of course, he does like some bad plays, but who doesn't? Uh, he has times where he makes like a bad play in a bad moment, but I feel like he was a good dude and a good quarterback, uh, and I wish him all the best always. Uh, I think he's going to do really good at the Saints. Yeah. And he got some weapons to work with out there too. Yeah, we'll definitely see. I think it was surprising to a lot of people. I know it was surprising to him, but, yeah, I think he'll he'll land on his feet, man. He's a, he's a pretty good quarterback. So, yeah. Um, we are really kind of a hip-hop podcast, man, so we got to ask some hip-hop questions as well. <laughs> uh, just some basic general shit, I guess. Like, what? What's your top five, man? Like, what's, what's uh, your top five? I don't even got one, bro. Not Everybody even asked me that. Like, I don't what, even have what's, one. What's your but favorite? Like, what's your in favorite the Serato? What's in the Serato, man? What you listening to? <laughs> I mean, I I listen to, I love lyrics. So like, I'm different as far as when it comes to music. Like, I don't I don't listen to new music for real like that. Like, I got I got hella songs on my phone, but like. I literally listen to the same songs that's on my phone. Like all the phone, all the songs on my phone. I literally, when I get in the car, I just hit shuffle and I let them play through. So <laughs> I just, I, I listen to all damn near like '90s music to like probably like 2015, 16, and then like if I hear a song, so like I'll never know a new song or a new album that's out. I just hear it if one of my cousins or my brothers, or if I just see it on Instagram or something. I hear, it, I hear it in the club if I ever go out. And I just like it, then I download it. But I never know what new songs, new albums is out. But basically, uh, I listen to, of course, Ola Wayne. I love Ola Wayne. Like that was my favorite. Uh, still, damn near my favorite. He fell off hard though. But Lil Wayne, Ola Wayne, uh, 
old Meek, uh, Drake. I like Drake a lot. Uh, okay. I feel like Drake. He he, the best artist. He's not the best rapper, but he's the best artist like to ever be out. I feel like that. Uh, dude, just Loki corny, but he, <laughs> I, fuck, I fuck with his music though. Uh, Drake. Uh, uh, I fuck with actually I fuck with Larry June. He a newer artist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just like I like people who like talk. Uh, like J Cole, he speak real shit. I actually been listening to the dude La Russell. I don't know if y'all know him from the Bay. He a younger dude, uh, La Russell. He he really he be speaking about real shit. I fuck with him. Uh, old rappers like Jada Kiss, Jay Z. Of course, I like Jay Z. He be speaking. Okay. Uh, I listen to all different types of old shit for real, but like new rappers, I really don't really listen to new rappers for real like that. And I hate auto tune and just yelling and screaming and all that shit. Like it's just annoying to me. Now it, it's funny because I think it was last week or two weeks ago we was t- we had the same conversation because our podcast we originally would break down new music every week, yeah, and and kind of like go through what we listen to, but we got to a yeah. point where I'm like. Me personally, I'm like, man, I don't feel like listening to this shit, man. <laughs> I like, it's I'm, like if you want to listen to it, work out or get hype, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah you could do that. I'm, I'm just like you. I got my certain playlists and I play the same songs, and they yeah. they go from like old music from the '70s. I got st- uh, funk yeah. music from the '80s, rap yeah. in the '90s, some rap in the 2000s, some new stuff. But I'm just yeah. like, man, I look up. I'm like, I don't want to hear no NBA young boy, man. <laughs> I can't, man. I cannot listen to him. I don't know why people like him. Yeah. Yeah. I was What's your top five? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll definitely put Jay-Z up there. Jay-Z, probably number one for me. I just think yeah. he got the uh, whole package. Lyrical, got some hits. Yeah. I, I would put him up there. Of course, like Tupac, Biggie got to be up there, man. You know, got to put them up yeah. there. You know, it's crazy. I never listened to Biggie. Big, you, you should listen to. I mean, if you really into lyrics, you should listen to Ready to Die. Yeah, I think Ready to Die, his first album he put out was like yeah. a, a masterpiece, man. It's mm-hmm. uh really lyrical, he's talking about some real shit, man. So yeah. definitely check that out. It's definitely like if you a lyrical dude, you will appreciate that. Yeah, um, shoot, I'll put Scarface up there, you know, yeah, I fuck with face for sure. I fuck definitely with Scarface up there, so. Yeah, those types, man. I know it's a basic list, but I mean, those are the best in it. No, nah, yeah, that's so. that's that's music I listen to, though. I ain't yeah. listen to Biggie, but I listen to Tupac. I fuck with Scarface, Jay-Z for sure. Yeah, my, li- you, bro? My, my list is pretty much the same. Biggie, Tupac, Jay, uh, I like Nas a lot. And yeah. um, honestly, man, Kanye. <laughs> Kanye yeah. was my guy. I like the old Kanye for sure. Yeah, of, of, of course. He... Yeah, the last couple. <laughs> I mean, I did like the uh, the Donda project, but I like Donda yeah. too. Outside yeah. of that, man, um, early Kanye yeah. was. It, yeah, he was. He was elite for sure. Yeah, yeah. But you know what, man? I'm yeah. glad that because look, I'm being figure a little older. I'm 36 now, so like yeah. I think. When I think of new music, I, I think it's terrible, but I don't know if that's just me being an old head or nah. if it's really bad, man. So I'm glad nah, we, we have bro. a young dude like you. You can <laughs> say, you know what, this generation is just yeah, they it tweaking, like they bro. It's crazy because, like, bro, like I be just even because I train players. They in high school, then I got my little brothers. I got some that's like early on in college, some in high school, one in middle school. Uh. And then just like people my age, when I go out, whatever, 
and just listen. But it's just like, bro, when y'all listen to music, y'all don't even really listen. Y'all just hear it. So they're like, I'll be around people. The beat come on. It's a new song. Beat come on. Oh, this shit hard. Like, you ain't even hear the lyrics yet. Like, so then it's just like, all right, the beat, the beat fire, right? Dude come on there. He flowing with the beat, but he's saying some bullshit. It's just like, they think it's hard, but it's like, it's just hard because he's flowing with it. That don't mean he really rapping or he's saying some real shit or some hard shit. He just yeah. flowing. Like, yeah, I can say the dumbest shit, but if I'm on beat, it's going to mm-hmm. sound hard. Like, yeah. No, I don't I don't listen to music like that. And I feel like that's what people have gotten to. Like as soon yeah. as they hear the beat, if they can go like this or do something, it's hard. If the dude flowing with the beat, <laughs> it's hard. It's like nigga, you don't even know what he's saying. Like oh, he killed it. He killed it. <laughs> yeah, no, like nah. and the other thing nowadays is the, yes, the it's like the emo music now. Oh my so god. The, Everybody got, demonic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> you, you got the music, you got the sad piano playing, and then the guy in the yeah. auto, with auto tune, he crying, crying. Right <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Like, so like you're depressed as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny because like I, I do a show from 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 610 and yeah. I, I'm in charge. I, I like to put some rap music into it, like some yeah. rap hip hop bits. Uh-huh. And I'm like, let me see what's hot out here. Let me find some new stuff, and mm-hmm. and it's all sad. I'm like, yeah. how can I'm like, how can I get hyped to this? <laughs> I can, like, I can't get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> so so it's they just paint their faces, makeup, looking like they dying. And yeah, shit. like, like I, and, can't, I can't get into yeah, it. Yeah, like people like like people like Rod Wave. It's just like, yeah. man, he's just so I said, I said he sound like he get a whooping for every song. He's <laughs> <laughs> just crying, bro. Like. Come on, bro. What are you doing? I don't want to hear that it's shit. It's rough. Bro. The thing that kills me the most though was like the live performances are so bad too, man. I haven't even like, seen them. I don't, I, 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 don't see them. I don't go to see them, of course, but yeah. when I see the videos, like the videos the stories, of them, yeah, just... like it's people come first off, they like an hour, two hours late. <laughs> then they come in and they come in with the song playing, like with the lyrics and everything, <laughs> and they barely even rapping along with it. Right. Yeah. They just kind of like everybody knows it's lip singing, but like, yeah, man, come on, people you up play on the stage part. with them. It's rough, man. I feel bad for this generation who got to pay and, and see this man. shit. But, and they you know, still will go. They still yep, don't pay. Yep. They'll be like, yeah, they so it's fire. And they, they, will, they will leave and be like, he killed that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Dog shit. I can't. Yeah. I, bro, I, don't, I thought like from 2007, shit, 17 was all right, but like just yeah. 17 and up, it's just like, man, like these rappers, I can't, I, I don't have one. I mean, I got, I think one song with Youngboy probably featured on it. I think it's with yeah. Kevin Gates, but I don't have one NBA Young song <laughs> on my phone, bro. Like these dudes. He a tough listen, man. <laughs> bro. I don't understand it. And then it's just like a lot of dudes, they they acting like shit that they ain't. Like people like Six Nine and Gunna and all like y'all was talking about all this shit. Y'all ain't even doing <laughs> all this shit, bro. Just corny. Like to be fair, weird. that's always been a thing in rap. There's yeah, been yeah. a lot of studio gangsters in rap history. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like social media has made it worse because we know for sure now. Yeah, now we you see know, it. Yeah. Everything else back in the day, you didn't have. Twitter. Right. So if somebody wasn't living that life, you didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now we <Yeah>, know. <laughs> For sure. So Definitely. shoot, man. Uh, you got anything else, Figgy? Yeah, I think yeah, that, that might. Yeah. This I want. Up. I want to bring this up. And um, at first, I w- I was wondering if I should ask you about this, but 
You you mm-hmm. kind of tweet about it often, man. You was so you was um, my in, case. Yeah, yeah, you was. Yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely case. talk about that anytime anybody yeah. asks. It it was wild. <laughs> so you tweeted a couple times, man. I think I feel like yeah. you, you you think about a place where you're blessed and you just tweet about it. Like, man, you know what? Like, For sure, it just so, be coming on my mind. Like, I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. Sure. So uh, tell us about what happened. I I don't want to you know miss word anything, but. Yeah, so basically, uh, I'm going to try to keep it like PG-13. Nah, As long as you yeah. don't get in trouble, man. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm good. It's okay. case over. So like before, I couldn't talk about it because it's confidential and it's like I'm in the case, so I couldn't. Uh, mind you, the case drug on for fucking five years. But so I'm in Cleveland. This is before I got drafted. Um I go kick it with my fam because I'm about to get drafted. This is right after the combine. Probably like two weeks after the combine. Go to Cleveland. We go to uh, Barley House. And we go kick it. I know the dude who owned Barley House, me and him got the same financial advisor or whatever. Okay. So, and then obviously like, uh, I know people from the Browns. I know people in the league, whatever. Travis Kelsey, uh, I think he was there that night. Me and him got the same agent. So actually when I was picking my agent, like he had took me out and showed me Barley House and all that shit. So did, that's did why they, I ended up going hey, back to Barley House. Hey, I was about to say, did they time. make you take your hat off? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I go in Barley House or whatever. We kicking it. Uh, my sister, she lit. And she um, see this white girl. And I guess she was just talking to her. Of course, she lit. So she's just telling her like, yeah, we here because my brother about to get drafted, blah, blah, blah. Not even thinking because she lit. Like, this bitch want to make me a target. So long story short, she's talking to her, tell her whatever. And we about to leave. And you know me, I'm trying to see what the move is after. So we about to leave. My sister, she literally drunk. So I'm carrying her, like trying to hold her up. And the girl that she was talking to, she get to talking to me. She's like, yeah, your sister telling me all about you, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, shit, y'all got friends. Like, come back to the room. We were staying at the Westin. It's walking distance. I'm like, come back to the room. We can kick it. Mind you, like, you know what we trying to do. Like, I'm trying to get some cheeks. So we go back to the room, or we about to walk out. Actually, before we get to the room, we walking out. Uh, I'm holding my sister up because she's lit. And she trying to, like, grab my hand. Like, you can see it on TMZ. She's trying to grab my hand, like, be thirsty. But I'm not even paying attention to her. I'm trying to get my sister right. Walk outside. My sister, like, tripping over the little, just like a little garden area. You know how, like, uh... Sidewalks got like little flowers or like little tree, whatever. She trip over that. So I'm trying to hold her up. The girl still trying to like get my attention, like grab my hand or whatever. See her just being thirsty, whatever. Long story short, my sister go back to her room with her friends or whatever. They took her. I'm like, make sure she's good. We get to walking back to the Western. Me, the girl, her friends, and one of my homies, he had a girl with him already. And we go, we get into the Western. The girl that I was talking to, she like, I got to pee. So we go. Uh, in the lobby, chill. She goes pee. Her friends are sitting there, but I'm standing over there by myself, just on my phone. My homie right there, he got the girl with him. So he like, bro, I'm about to go up to the room. So I gave him the key. Go up to the room with the girl. He really, he already knew her. He'd been talking to her for like six months. They go up to the room, waiting on the girl. She come back out. As soon as she come back out, we all get on the elevator and the DJ from that night, like at Barley House, he comes in the elevator with like three or four people. You know, they lit, so they just clowning loud, whatever. And she happened to know him. At the time, I didn't know she knew him. So she happened to know him. She actually worked with the nigga, like, 
at regular work. He worked, they worked at some restaurant that he DJed at night on Fridays. So she knew the nigga already. So he like, hey, we about to go back to my room, kick it, blah, blah, blah. So they all about to go back to the room because her friends knew him too because they all work at the same place. It was like some bar. Uh, we all go up to his room. They on like the 12th floor, I think. I was on the 15th floor. So uh, they get off. We all get off on the elevator and they about to go to their room. And I'm telling her, oh, girl, like, let's go to my room. Like, she's like, all right. So her friend, she get the laying down on the ground, acting all drunk, like just acting crazy. So I'm like, man, get your friend. Like she helping her up, blah, blah, blah. I'm sitting there. She take her in the room. She comes back out the room. Mind you, if she come back out and I'm like, all right, she on it. So she come out. She's like, all right, we can go up to your room now. So I'm like, all right, bet. Go up to my room. Oh, I got my key. So I knock on the door. My homie opened the door and he was already in there with the girl that he was with. And he had already hit it. So I go in the room. He already know what's up when I come in. So he just take old girl in the bathroom that he with. Because, you know, I'm about to try to do what I got to do. So I sit on the bed. She comes sit on the bed. She like, where are they going? I'm like, shit, it don't matter where they going. They go in the bathroom. She's like, oh, they about to have sex. She's like, I want to watch them have sex. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I want to watch them have sex. She's like, that don't turn you on? And I was like, she was like, that type of stuff is going to turn you on? I was like, nah. And she was like, well, I want to watch them have sex. So she get up and literally goes over. Mind you, it's, it's a sliding door in the hotel room that I'm in. So it can open whenever. She just opened the door on them. Mind you, they weren't doing nothing because he had already hit it. But if they was, like, bitch, you weird. You literally just go in the door and open the door on yeah. them. So as soon as she opened the door, my homie like, what the fuck is you doing? <laughs> and then old girl was like, yeah, what is you doing? And uh, her name was Cheyenne. The girl that he was with name was Cheyenne. The girl that accused me, her name was Brooke. So Cheyenne was like, what are you doing? Brooke was like, I want to watch y'all have sex. So I get up. I walk over there. And I'm like, no, bro, you tripping. Like, come on, bro. So I'm like trying to close the door, trying to get her out the way. She's like, no, nah. she stepped in the bathroom. She's like, no, nah, I want to watch her have sex. So then uh, me and my homie, like, you know, we thinking at that point, we like low-key like she on some weird shit. But then we thinking like, oh, we about to get a switcheroo cracker type shit. So <laughs> me and him, she like, she tell old girl, the white girl, Brooke, she like, I want to watch you give him head. The girl was like, Cheyenne was like, why don't you give him head talking about me? So she ended up giving me some head. Like I pulled my pants down with her. She started giving me head. She giving my homie head. He on the toilet. I'm sitting up against the sink. Mind you, it's a bathroom. It ain't crazy big. So she like on her knees right here. I'm up against the sink. My homie sitting on the toilet, whatever is going. She stopped. She like, I want to see y'all have sex now. And I'm like, man, fuck all that. Like, so she keep going. Stop again. Like, no, I want to watch y'all have sex. So I'm like, man, bitch, you tripping. Like, I'm soft by now i'm like i'm, I'm cool like <laughs> you you acting weird i'm like all right bro so i'm like once i pull my pants i'm like bro you on some trash i say you on some trash that mean like you on some bullshit so i say you on some trash i'm like you just need to get the fuck out so i literally pull my pants up i walk out first go sit on the bed she walk out she come you know how it's like a computer desk in every hotel room like a yeah. chair or whatever she sits in the chair like right across from me and my homie his girl come out and then my homie Tyler, he had ended up being in there. And I can't remember if he was in there the whole time or if he came in, but I just remember him being in there after that. Um, but she sat in the chair. Mind you, I told her to leave. So when she comes in the chair, I said, what the fuck is you doing? I told you to get the fuck out. She was like, why you call me trashy? I was like, I ain't call you trashy. I said, you own some trash. She like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, Google it on your way out the door, bitch. 
So then she get up, she's Saudi, she about to walk out. My homie like, yeah, you probably voted for Trump, you white bitch. <laughs> she's like, I did vote for Trump so he can put people away like you. And I'm oh, like, man, man, shut up, bitch. So she go out, she slam the door all hard and shit, go out. Oh, girl, Cheyenne that my homie Miles was with, she like, I'm about to leave too. Because uh, basically, it's a whole bunch of niggas in there. Like, my home, my cousin ended up coming too. She's just basically like, I'm about to leave too. I ain't trying to be here with a whole bunch of niggas. So she walk out. Boom. So like 10, 15 minutes go by. I'm chilling. I just hear her banging on the door like police. It's my cousin. He like, bro, that, that girl that you talking to downstairs in the lobby talking to police. Uh. Wait, before that, so I get a call from the from the desk, uh, front desk. They're like, a girl um, named Brooke, she wants to come back up. I'm like, no, nah, I don't know no Brooke. Mind you, I know who it is, but I'm like, no, nah, don't let her up. I don't, I don't know her. So I was like, why did you try to come back up to the room if I raped you, one of them, first of all? But then, so my cousin come after that, he knocked on the door like, yo, she's talking to police in the lobby. Mind you, if I would have stayed there, honestly, I wouldn't even been in the case that long. But my dumb ass... Thinking when I when I I'm from I'm from the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like when I hear police, I leave the scene. So as soon as he said police in the lobby, I'm about to get drafted, nigga. I'm like, fuck that, I can't be in nothing. Mind you, I'm on like the 15th, 16th floor. I got a duffel bag, my book bag. I take off and go down all them stairs. I'm oh, jumping downstairs. Man. I jump down 16 flights of stairs with a duffel bag, book bag. I'm gone. Get an Uber. I'm out of there. Uh, now, did I think you, my, did I think you my know cousin she, picked me up. Actually. Now, did she, did you know she was a uh, she was like no? Nah, I just and she was talking just, to police. Okay. Like, fuck that. I'm yeah. out of there. Didn't know nothing. I'm out of there. I think my cousin ended up coming to pick me up uh, when I left. So um, I'm leaving, and uh, the next day. So none of that. I ended up going home. I think I went home to my stepmom's that day. Uh, or the next day, whatever. Next day happened, nothing happened. Another day go by. My homie Miles like, yo, uh, the girl that accused you of rape talked to Cheyenne and told Cheyenne she about to accuse you of rape. Uh, so I'm like, what? So he said that the girl told Cheyenne, which was the girl that was with my homie Miles, like, you should accuse. You need to accuse him of raping you too. Like, she like, no, I ain't get raped. Like I know Miles. Me and Miles been talking for a minute. Like, and she was like, Garyon didn't rape you. Like you willingly gave him head. He even have sex with you, whatever, whatever. So, I tell my agent, and I tell we get a lawyer, everything prepared and shit. But nothing happens. This is in March, mind you. The draft is April twenty seventh at the time. So nothing happens. So I'm thinking I'm good. So I go back to living my normal life. I fly down to Philly, where the draft was that year. Literally the day before the draft. Excuse me. And uh soon as I get to the front desk, I'm like, Gary, I'm Conley about to check in. The NFL media team come grab me, take me to the conference room. Like, excuse me, you see the media? And I was like, no, nah, I was just on the plane. It like turned the laptop to me. It just airy blasted viral. Like, Gary, I'm Conley raped this, this, and that, da, 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 da. I'm like, what the fuck? So they like, you can stay. Like, but. We have a lot of media events lined up for you. And da, 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 we know they about to bombard you with questions and all that. He was like, so you can leave if you want or you can stay. I'm like, bro, I'm out of here. I get on the next flight an hour later back home to my city uh, in Canton. And then that was basically that whole shit that happened that night. But then uh, the case ended up getting filed or whatever. So I beat the criminal case. Uh, no bill, nothing. 
grand jury uh, didn't indict me, nothing. So I beat that, so I'm thinking I'm good. And then a year later, after I beat it, uh, she fucking filed a civil case. So she filed a civil case, and obviously that's for money or whatever. And we go through that. It's, of course, it's dragging along because it's a civil case, like two years. Then we get to the third year, COVID happened. And then it's just like we got to push it back again. Then we get to last year uh, before, like early on, I think it was like February, January or February. It was supposed to be a trial date set. Our fucking judge ended up dying. So oh, damn. they've had to push it back again. So then we get to, mind you, she's trying to settle the whole time, but she's telling me settlement $2.3 million. Damn. The lowest settlement she got to was like a million or like 900000 I'm like, man, ain't even no point talking about settling. <laughs> I ain't settling. Because I told her, like, the only reason I would settle is if it was what I would have to pay my lawyer because I got to pay my lawyer anyway. So, of course, I don't want to uh, settle because I want to clear my name, but I'm like, shit, if it's going to put it away, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to have to pay my lawyer anyway this amount of money, I'll settle for this. But she was talking about crazy numbers. So I'm like, fuck that. I'm going through with it. So we get to, what is that? November. And uh, that's when the case, the trial was set or whatever. So I go through the trial, bro. The craziest shit was like the way she was lying. She was lying on the stand, all type of shit. Uh, we go on the trial. And mind you, she never said to me ever that she wanted to have a foursome or nothing. So she get up on the stand and she tell, basically, before she even, like, got on the stand, her therapist got on there and showed this letter that she wrote um, saying she, her therapist told her to write a letter as if she was writing it to me. She was like, I want you to, basically, like, a therapy exercise to get over her fears or whatever. She, like, write it to him like you're writing him so you can get out all what you feel, like, how you felt, basically. So she showed a letter. She basically telling, like, oh, she was scared for her life. She feared that... uh we had guns. She feared for her life. All this shit, right? So, and then she said she was cooperating. That's why she ended up, like, supposedly having sex with me or whatever. She was cooperating so she could get out of there alive because she feared for her life. All this crazy shit, right? So she said she wanted to have a foursome because she thought that would be cooperation. So all this shit, my lawyer just just taking it in, just ready to just go on ass. So my lawyer got her on the stand. He like, so you told Garyon that you wanted to have a foursome, right? Because she said it on the stand that she said that she wanted to have a foursome. She said it to her lawyer because, you know, her lawyer goes first and then my lawyer goes. So the first day was like Monday. Her lawyer said that. She was like, yeah, I said I want to have a foursome to like get him to think I wanted to cooperate, whatever. So mind you, the next day, my lawyer got her on the stand. He said, so you said you wanted to have a foursome. She said, no, I didn't say that. And the jury and the judge, they like, and we all just like, bitch, you just said that yesterday. Like, you under oath and you lying right now. So she did that. And then uh, my lawyer, he was like, I want to have a copy of the transcript, whatever. So the next day, he pulled a copy of the transcript, showed her where she said it. Because, you know, they write when you say shit. Got her under oath saying it. He highlighted. She's like, oh, I don't remember saying that. Da, 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 da. And her lawyer like, yeah, I don't remember her saying that. Da, da, da. I'm like, yo, this shit is wild, bro. This shit damn near was like a movie. So that happened. And then another part in the trial, um, what did she say? Oh, so my lawyer brought up the guns and the fear for your life, all that shit. So he said, he he set her up perfectly. He, he asked her, he said, 
at any point in time, did you feel like Garyon, or he said, did Garyon assault you verbally or physically or hurt you mentally or physically, whatever? Did he ever make you feel uncomfortable on the way to the hotel as you walked when y'all got into the room before the incident happened? She said, no. He said, did Miles, my homie, ever make you feel that way? Fear you like you needed to fear for your life, blah, blah, blah. No. She was like, did they have, or my lawyer was like, did they have guns? No. Did they have anything violent that would threaten your life? No. He said, so why did you fear for your life? And she was just stuck. She didn't even know what to say. And he was just like, he, t my lawyer, really shit. He said, you probably feared for your life because you were in a room with some black men, huh? And she was just stuck. Like, and I ain't even know he was about to say that shit. I'm like, oh, this nigga really, he taking it there. So he did that. And she was just stuck, bro. She really was just like mumbling, stumbling, couldn't even say shit. And then he said, and then so you told him you wanted to cooperate. He said, if you really wanted to cooperate, why wouldn't you just try to tell him like you don't want to do something or that if you wanted to cooperate, you would just have sex with him. Why would you say you want to have a foursome? Like, that don't even make sense. And mind you, I don't even, I never even said that she said she wanted to have a foursome. I don't even remember her saying that. I think she just made some shit up as she was on the stand. So I'm like, you really just fucking yourself up right now. So then the worst part, not the worst part, but one of the worst parts, uh, her friend, uh, well, one of her friends actually wasn't even friends with her no more. And you could tell why she wasn't. But then her friend ended up going on the stand and the video, they showed the police video. She ended up telling the police, like, yeah, I don't even think she got, I don't even think she got raped. I don't think Brooke got raped. I think she's lying. But then she got her up on the stand as her witness saying that she thinks she got raped. So I'm like, man, this shit is crazy. So that whole little trial, and it's way more like, if I talked about that, we'd be on here for a minute. <laughs> the, the trial went, what, three, three weeks. It was crazy, bro. They brought up, they had... When we started, they had, because the judge asked you when you get to trial how many witnesses you got. Her lawyer was like, I think he said like 40 witnesses. They had like 40 witnesses. He, they were, 40. The judge was like, you got 40 witnesses for what? Was it even 40 so, people in the situation? No, bro. <laughs> so they ended up knocking it down, but he still, I think, had like 20-some uh, witnesses. Mind you, at least 10 of, her, 10 of his witnesses was like, her mom, her sister, they come up there and basically just like give a sob story like who Brooke was and who she was before she got raped and who how she act after she got raped. And then it was just like uh the paramedic from that night and then the 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 psychiatrist, the therapist, like it was just extra people. People that weren't even really involved that just like they're involved because she got raped and she has trauma or something like that. But it was crazy, bro. It, that's basically what happened. But you see, like, the, the trial story was longer than the actual incident. The incident was probably, like, yeah. she was in my room for probably six minutes. Like, I didn't even have sex with her. Like, <laughs> how did I rape you? <laughs> you willingly gave me a head for 30 seconds, maybe. <laughs> and then I kicked you out, and now you saw it. And, the, oh, so the worst part is she had a boyfriend the whole time. Of course. That's what the worst yeah. part is. She had a boyfriend the whole time. So she probably, like... Cause her friends are seeing her come back to the room with me, so her friends probably like, "Oh, this bitch crazy. She got a boyfriend, so she probably like setting it up type shit." Oh, so, yeah. and then the the part where I said her friend was acting drunk on the floor, in the uh, in the lobby. Well, crazy thing is, she was doing that to help her. So we found out why she was doing that. 
the girl that I was with, or she texted her friend like, "Yo, help me! Like, help me try to get away from him." Type shit. So she ended up helping her, and she still ended up coming back out the room to come with me. So it's like, if you want to help, like, that was your yo shit right there. That was your yo yo key to get away. <laughs> like, if you really wanted to get away, like, why did you come back out the room to come upstairs with me? Like, you just you contradicting yourself. But yeah, this shit it was wild, bro. It was wild as hell. <laughs> Five years. Nah, I mean, I'm glad you shared that story, man. I did see it, but I didn't know if you were comfortable talking about it because I'm sure yeah, that was nah, a, a rough time I'm, in your I'm life, definitely man. comfortable talking about it. Yeah, no, nah, I could tell the way you was tweeting it. I was just yeah, like, Yeah, I've been waiting, bro. I've been waiting because I, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to do... I've been wanting to do a documentary for a minute, but I couldn't because I was in the case still. And then yeah. it just kept dragging. So... Uh, you, uh, no, you definitely should, man, because I feel like in this society, we... We always point out the, you know, the uh, guilty to proven innocent type of people. Yeah, bro. Man, we drag what? people through the mud, and then when it's a situation like yours, it's mm-hmm. it's quiet. Like, yeah. nobody say Man, anything what? about it. Like, <laughs> All the platforms that blasted me when I was accused of rape, like, where they at when I won? Like, yeah, and it's like it's crazy, like, because ESPN, part of ESPN, like, said uh, had put an article out or something like that, but I had to reach out to that dude to get it. And it was just like a little article. It wasn't like the main ESPN page. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I still had to reach out to him to get that. Like, Yeah. It's crazy, it's, bro. It's crazy. It's, it's kind of similar to the, um, what's the punter that played for Buffalo? That yeah, was bro. He wasn't even there. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's crazy. That was wild. Yeah. And I ain't hear nobody talking about the, the ending to that. Yeah. It, like, he was man, all over what, the place. What happens to the girl? Like, nothing. Yeah, what what happened to the girl with in your case? Just and my, nothing. nothing. She just that, lost. That is crazy, man. <laughs> she just lost, bro. Crazy thing is, somebody had like messaged me talking about. She said she was gonna peel it. I'm like, all right, come on, go ahead. And peel it. I got. <laughs> I want eight out of eight jurors. Like, come on, bro. The worst uh, case is the dude from Baylor, um, Sean Oakman. He actually did two years in prison. And the girl came yeah. out and said that she lied about yeah. it after he already did his time. Like, Man. and now he can't even get back in the league. That shit is wild. And what is she doing right now? Living her life, probably. It's crazy as fuck. I would have, they told me I would have did damn near like 10 years if I would have got convicted of that shit. Like, damn. that shit is wild, bro. That's scary, man. That's what? really scary. I had a baby on the way, all type yeah. of shit. Like, yeah. I thought my life was over, bro. Yeah, said and, I was gonna get undrafted, all type of shit. Yeah, and it's a uh, and honestly, it's a blessing you didn't sleep with this girl, man. For real, that, that, <laughs> yeah, you better be glad that's all you yeah. got. <laughs> what you I'm, got? I'm highly blessed, bro, to even get through that shit. It's crazy. Yeah, now that's that's why whenever I hear an allegation, I'm like, let let me see how it yeah, plays out. You gotta bro. show I me. I need more information. <laughs> Like, you can't just say this and, okay, he's guilty because a a girl said he did something. I'm like, I need, we need some trial stuff. We need evidence. We need some information because people always jump out the window. And it's tough because, you know, there are situations like you have like a Darren Sharper or something like that. Or something, some, you know, he's really just taking it. Mm -hmm. And then you got people who are just like you about to come in some money. And some yeah. women see see an advantage and they take it. Man, they so, try to get you, bro. It's it's Crazy. rough, man. It's really it's rough, rough and it's scary, hard because you can't even talk about things like this because there are victims who get triggered by even mentioning that. Man, so it's what? Like, 
Yeah, you that's what, another thing. Like you messing it up for the real victims. Exactly. Like, my sister was she was sexually assaulted before, and yeah. uh, it's just like, bro, you you fucking add up for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause then when they have a real serious, like then of course you are gonna get the people that's like, oh no, nah, she lying. Like I need to see this. She really like got raped. It's just like you fucking that up by just lying on these dudes that you getting raped just because you got embarrassed or because you didn't like a situation or something like that. Like, that shit is yeah. crazy, bro. Yeah, a girl might be a little crazy too, man. Like, she yeah, might, for it might sure. be something <laughs> mentally going on, man. For sure, man. that is crazy. And then they don't do no time. That's why these girls keep doing it. Yeah, I mean, I have to ask, I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, but we are, since we are the Houston Texans, of course, we had that whole thing with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. What was was your take on that, man? Did you, did you, I mean, I know you Uh, know some things, but what was your take on that? (laughs) My take on that, like, I mean, I never was really close with uh, Deshaun, but I mean, he was cool. Uh, My take on it is one, like, Dude ain't gotta rape nobody. One, he just don't like, and I don't see him as that type of dude. And then, but like, also with him, like, bro, like, that many motherfucking massage therapists, like, you don't need to be with that one. Like, yeah. you a target. Like, even if like they was all cool, like, even if it not, never even happened or came out as that, like, sexual assault, whatever. Like, you just you gotta understand, you Deshaun Watson, bro. Like, you don't need to be messing with that many massage therapists, bro. But, like, as far as, like, the whole situation, bro, like, it's the same thing. It's just, like, them girls know what they was doing, bro. Egging it on. I don't, I be hearing all them theories, you know, like, all the Texans did this and they was part of it. And then, I mean, I don't, I don't get too deep in that because I don't know. But I just know you a target regardless. So, like, don't even put yourself in that situation to do that. But, I mean, you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like, he could have just been doing what he was doing and it happened. Like shit, that's the only reason I I end up like coming to peace or like accepting my situation was actually taking some part responsibility for it because yeah. it's just like at the end of the day, everybody when they get in a situation like that, it's just like why me? I didn't do nothing. Da, 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 da. And I was taking that at first, but then it's just like, bro, like I chose to be in a room with that girl. I told her to come back to my room. I chose to do stuff with her, whatever. So I got to take some responsibility for that, and then. That's where you actually get peace from it, and you can just let it go. Yeah, no, I mean that's big of you too. I mean, because a lot of people won't even do that; they won't be like, you know. But you yeah. know, ultimately, and, and even though it's messed up because you really didn't do anything, but right, it is. Yeah. I mean, look, once you enter a certain era, you, you got to mm-hmm. just be super careful about how you move, man. I think sometimes man. you learn it the hard way, unfortunately. Yeah, John ja, ja Morant, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just understand, talking, like, talking you, about the whole season for him, man. You're not a normal dude, bro. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that's that's you crazy. Not you just gotta move different. It's just how it is, bro. That's yeah. gonna be you a lot of money normal, lost for him, Don't man. go to the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like simple, crazy, bro. And you already got in trouble for it once, like. Yeah. But you think gonna happen the second time? It's gonna be another brush off, like, no, nah, bro. But for yeah. what? I don't understand it. That's what I I just don't understand. Like, what is the point? I I think like, it's <laughs> I think it's like 
you know, when when you get money, sometimes you want to do stuff you never were able to. Yeah. When you were like, er, like everybody want to be want to live that rap style, that rap life at one point in their life. Yeah. But most of us ain't never gonna get a chance to because we ain't gonna yeah. have that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. But my homie I think he was uh, just at that point, Damon Arnett. I know y'all heard about him. Yeah. yeah. That was like my little brother, man. Damn. He, that's basically what happened to him. Like he started trying to be a rapper, then he just started falling off crazy. Damn. So he was actually bro. rapping? Was he actually rapping? He's still or? making music. I ain't know. What are you that. saying? Was he actually good? No, no, no. I didn't <laughs> know, know he was an actual rapper. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. His, his name, what is it? Swap, Swap, something, Suave, Netway, Suave, something like that. He, Yeah, he actually making hella songs and just, I don't know, bro. He tried. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's the new I blame oh, it's coming back to the new rappers man yeah and, bro like it look is. even back in the 90s when you had Tupac around yeah. I, I didn't see a lot of NFL and NBA players trying to be Tupac right you but, know but even though like it's just like bro like I feel like cause I, I remember I had watched a video with Tupac he was and I don't even know if that was like a skit or if it was like a real show he was on. It was a whole bunch of white people in the crowd. He was sitting up at the stage with some white people. He was like uh, talking about uh, his music, and they was just trying to like go at him, like trying to. They really was trying to make him mad. You could tell, but he wasn't. He was keeping his cool. They're like, "Oh, well, you promote violence, and you said you would kill cops, and you would do da 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 da." He was like, "I never said I would kill a cop." He said, "I talk about cops killing us." He was like, "All the shit I talk about in my music is the shit I lived and I seen." It ain't like I'm trying to promote to do it. I'm just trying to promote change. I'm trying to promote people to see what's going on, what I'm going through. And he was like, yeah, I may talk violent, but it's just like, it's a violent a, a act. It's a violent response. That's what he said. It's not, it's not like I'm just trying to act violent. It's like a violent response. But he said, and honestly, I don't really take no violence response to cops like in action. He said, I just do it in my music. He said, I've never like did police brutality or against somebody or against police or nothing like that. He said police brutality is always on me. But it's just like people like that or like the rappers back then, it's just like, yeah, they talk about shooting or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But like it's the shit that they seen and what they doing. And this is what they grew up in. It's their environment. It's like now all these rappers, you choosing to do that shit. Like you don't even really got to do that shit. These rappers, they, they went through it like Jay-Z, like, or uh, Dr. Dre or Ice Cube, like they went through it. They was rapping about it, but look where they at now. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all, whatever y'all went through, cool. But like elevate, like y'all just trying to stay in the same shit. So it's just like y'all rapping trying about. To stay in the and hood. then what's crazy is they the way that niggas do now. Like niggas is just grimy. They do anything for money. Yeah, beefing over girls and shit. You know what I'm saying? So it ain't even the same type of like rap that was back then. This shit all now is about clout, money, girls, and. Niggas ain't even got no morals no more. Like it's just hell nah, man. Just disrespectful it's, niggas. It's like, really scary, man, because yeah. now these rappers, they will kill somebody for real. Yeah. And do the for time. nothing. Yeah. They they, for nothing. they feel like that's the best cloud in the world to go to jail. Yeah, and, if you kill somebody, they feel like you feel like you the the goat. Like, I don't understand it. So that's like when I walk around, when I go out, if I anything, I don't even wear my big chain no more. Like I'll be chilling. But mm -hmm. like if anybody try to rob me, shit, even if a cop pull me over, look, I'm I'm cooperating, bro. Just let mm -hmm. me make it home and see my yep. kid, bro. Just leave me with my phone. You can take everything else. So I just yeah. want to make sure I can get I was, home. I was talking about <laughs> this with somebody, how um, because I kind of want a customized chain, like a dope ass chain. 
Yeah. But I was thinking like, man, I be dolo all the time, man. Yeah, like, bro. I'm not, it's, it's, it's I'm not scary, rolling bro. around with 20 <laughs> niggas and securities and shit. I be at yeah. the grocery store dolo. Yeah, or if I, I go chilling. to a bar, I be dolo too. Yeah, so I'm like, man, yeah. I can't afford to get killed over a chain. And, and, yeah. And people be on Instagram holding up my chain. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm, I mean, shit, if you get it, you should, I think you should get it for sure if you want it. But it's just, like you said, if yeah. you know, you it ain't worth that. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm not really trying yeah, to live yeah. that rapper lifestyle, man. I yeah. used I used to rap, and not yeah. I just, I, I'm man. I'm a homebody. I like to chill. Yeah. I like to go to work. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to be in no club. I'm not trying to yeah. get in no fights, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. you wear it out, and somebody just look here. You got it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it ain't even just that what it's not even just the chains no more man it's like you got to watch what car you got and i'm not yeah, even talking like anything, luxury bro. like a dodge charger used to be like a basic ass car <laughs> yeah. niggas getting killed every day for chargers now yeah it's really crazy over anything now bro. Yeah. stepping on somebody's shoe fucking <laughs> talking to somebody's girl anything bro. social media beef yeah it's just <laughs> wild man yeah, Robert on Facebook yeah. says, Tim C says, you know, you know why Jay-Z don't wear chains no more because he's too rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's smart. Yeah, he, he buy he buy art instead, man. Smart as hell. <laughs> crazy, man. Nah, it really is. Look, we know you got things to do, man. So we don't want to hold you too long. But uh like like we said, man, we really hope it's a really fun podcast, by the way. We're really glad you came on and shared your yeah. story with us. Um, yeah. do you got anything you want to promote? Anything uh, you got going on, man? Uh, I mean, just my training. Um, I'll be training in Houston. Uh, I train anywhere in Houston if I got to, but I'm more so in the Sienna area because my stepson goes to school out here and I train like six, six or seven of his teammates. And then I got a kid at Manville. I've been messing with a couple Manville kids. Uh, anybody in the area that want training DBs, wide receivers, I do that. Um. Uh. Other than that, I've been rehabbing, bro. Just trying to get back in the league, and then, uh, like I said, I want to do this documentary. So, yeah. anybody that does documentary film or film work, cause I ain't got the money to do no damn big ass production, so I'm gonna have to do something small yeah. and then just try to get out there. But I definitely trying to do a documentary, like on my life before football, during, and right now, just the case. My whole journey is just—I feel like it's unique. So I definitely yeah. want to get that out. I, yeah, I'll be on the. I hit you up if I because I know a couple people that do videos yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I yeah. send them your way. If you yeah, appreciate that, bro. Yeah. Appreciate y'all having me on too. For yeah, sure. Yeah, about time, man. I've been trying to get you on for like <laughs> two years, man. Yeah, man. I be, I be chilling. Yeah. I'm here. And make sure y'all follow him. He's on uh, Twitter underscore at underscore G Conley eight. His Twitter is hilarious, by the way. You be cracking me <laughs> up, man. It's, it's crazy, man. I feel like I don't even be on Twitter. I feel like I've been on more though. Yeah. Nah, yeah. We, we enjoy your tweets, man. So make sure y'all follow him. And yeah, hope to do it again soon, man. Hope to see you on the field again one day. Um, glad you're glad you're doing well. We will play with kids a little bit. So definitely look forward to seeing more of you, man. Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Thanks.